0: Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what is new in research, what's hot in the news, or anything that can affect our health, vitality, and longevity. Well, I hope this is the last show I ever do on COVID, but this one's gonna be titled, How Not to Die from COVID. I'm asked questions like that every day, and the answer is really pretty simple. Don't be a good host. But even then... There's randomness. There's no guarantees. We are reducing risk. We're helping to prevent. However, there may be elements out of our control, but what we want to do is reduce our risk. That's ultimately the only thing we can do. Vaxed or unvaxed, you still have risk. I know a lot of people who have gotten the virus and didn't get sick at all. In fact, they didn't even know they had the virus. But then I also, I know some people who got very sick and died. I also know people who have gotten the vaccine and they've had terrible side effects, other people that still got the virus, and yes, even some that even died. There are no absolute guarantees. I think if people think they get the vaccine, they can't get the virus, well, you're wrong. You may just not get as sick, hopefully. But there are other ways that we should all use to help reduce our risk, vaxxed or unvaxxed. Frankly, I don't care if you're vaxxed or not. You have the right to choose. And this is still a free country where you have autonomy over your own health choices. No shame, no guilt. I believe I believe mandates are horrible and un-American. Heck, if we really want to do mandates, let's talk about mandating people make healthier choices. Let's outlaw junk food. Let's have mandatory exercise. Let's give out free vitamins rather than a jab. I think our government, if they did half the promotion on healthier lifestyle choices in the last year than they spent on the vaccine, they would have decreased the death from viruses as well as chronic disease, and our economy would be in a much better place. Pretty much the same things that help us be resistant and resilient against COVID help us prevent cancer, heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, dementia, autoimmune, brain, and mood health issues. There isn't a single component of health where diet and lifestyle don't have a huge impact, including immunity. Our government, for some reason, thinks this vaccine is the only way to prevent death from this virus. But what about the next virus, the next mutation? Your immune system is a million times smarter than a vaccine, the jab. Besides, you can't vaccinate against every bug that comes along, and you cannot vaccinate yourself against chronic disease caused by lifestyle choices, diabetes, heart disease, cancer. So as much as I would love to mandate every American start making healthier choices, I still believe this is America and you have the right to your own body and your own choices. No shaming, just compassion and education is gonna help you be healthier. As a dietitian, doctor of clinical nutrition, My job is to teach you how to be healthier, empower you, as they say. You have more control than you can imagine. That's why I teach. So you realize how much control you have. In fact, you know, the word doctor really means teacher. So today, I'm going to give you the information on how not to die from COVID. And it begins with the six basics the foundation. So number one, you know I have to say it, nutrient-dense diet with lots of vegetables, low to no sugar, because sugar suppresses your immune system for up to six hours. Go to my webinar, The Truth About Sugar, for the real skinny on it. And talk about skinny, a high BMI. Obesity is the biggest, one of the biggest risk factors for about bad outcome with COVID. Yeah, I know it's hard, but keep practicing good habits. Like one of my mentors says, practice makes progress. There is no perfection. You just can't give up. You are worth the effort. So, you know, get that diet going with lots of vegetables and and just start reducing that sugar. Second thing, sleep. Okay, eight hours of sleep is one of the rules of biology. Nothing replaces a good night's sleep. I myself Have to be a real student of sleep. And do not rely on drugs to get, you gotta get at the root cause of the sleeplessness. And avoid the side effects because many of those drugs that are prescribed, one of the side effects is increased risk for dementia. So you're sedated, you're knocked out, but you lose your memory. What good is that? Okay, next thing. Third thing, stress management. Meditation, thought management. Don't dwell on the negatives. Breathing, yoga, time in nature. Basically, stress hobbles your immune system. So stop watching the news. Stop hanging on your phone for health's sake. Next thing, exercise. Body's meant to move. Your immune system is better. Your joints are better. Everything's better. Research shows that people who are more fit get less infections and live longer. Okay, just one of those basics. Another one. Good relationships, this is a nice one. Good relationships support you, they build you up, they're fun. Next thing, avoidance of toxins. Toxins, chemicals can cripple any biological system, that means your body. Okay, so those are the six foundational things. But what about the vitamins? Nutrients that you absolutely must be taking if you want to build strong resistance to this virus. A lot of these things I'm going to tell you about have been censored. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Money, greed, and power. Same forces that are always in play. So many of my incredible callings have been silenced, taken down from social media, canceled on mass media, even though they are making recommendations that are based on solid evidence-based research. If you listen to the news, you would think there is no other treatment to this virus. In fact, there are many treatments that work. But if they told you that, if doctors and pharmacists were allowed to prescribe and fill ivermectin and other treatments, there'd be no push for the vaccine. I am very sensitive to censorship. My profession alternative medicine, holistic medicine, complementary medicine, whatever you wanna call it, all the vitamin and herbal research, that's been censored for as long as I can remember, at least four and a half decades that I'm aware of. Blatantly incorrect and damaging information has been propagated by organizations and associations that are out to make money from keeping bad information afloat. Censorship is always wrong. No one who wears the white hat ever censors. Freedom of information is where you and I can make better choices and with free and open dialogue. Nobody gets mad. We just give information out. In history, only countries who are trying to control the people censor information. That doesn't belong here in the home of the free. Whether I agree with you with what you're doing to yourself or not, I support your right to do it, especially if only you are affected by it. With the vaccine, get vaccinated or not. There are things you still need to know. The next variant may be around the corner and you want to be safe, right? Okay, off my soapbox. The basics, we still need to get a little bit of reminding, I think, on some of these. You know, when wear a mask or stay home when you're sick. Hand washing, thanks to Florence Nightingale, who may have found the most efficient way to stay free of many infections like the cold and flu, frequent and thorough hand washing with soap and water. Friction actually disrupts the viral membrane and destroys it. Scrub your hands thoroughly with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, you're golden. Hand sanitizer, when you can't wash your hands, it's the best way to reduce germs. You know, so alcohol-based sanitizers that contain at least 60% alcohol are gonna reduce the spread of infection. You know, gotta be careful with anything that adds chemicals, triclosan or others, hormone disrupting. There's a lot of ones that we just, but you know, alcohol's perfect. And it's one of the least toxic sanitizers. Mix it with a little essential oil that may just smell nice and amp up the effectiveness. Toss in a little aloe vera and you're good. Another one. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when coughing or sneezing. If your hands are not free, you don't have a tissue, cough into your sleeve, into your elbow. Elbow is the perfect distance to reach your face if the sneeze is coming out of nowhere. I feel like I can't sneeze inside anymore. Are you with me? I want to just run outside to sneeze. Especially, you know, I can't do a little sneeze. I When I sneeze, it's like the rooftop goes up a couple inches. Another thing. Don't touch your face. Avoid touching eyes, nose, mouth. That helps that virus just zoom into your body. So research says that the average person touches their face about 15 times an hour. And then also sterilize your surfaces. I use the same sanitizing spray I use for my hands on doorknobs, phones, keyboards, whatever. So one of my favorite professional organizations is the Institute of Functional Medicine, 60% of them medical doctors. They support any intervention based on three tenets, safety, validity, and effectiveness. Always taking in mind risk versus benefit. Research on COVID-19 is starting to come in, but real research takes a long time with follow-ups and testing, safety, safety is always a given essential. So when we refer to validity, we're relying on knowing the mechanisms of action of all the herbs and vitamins and published research that shows its effectiveness on this or other viral strains. So then when we're talking effectiveness of natural interventions, we're looking at evaluating. So we've got a lot of these things coming in, but the recommendations I'm gonna give you here today are based on the IFM approach. So, first thing, you know, all the six diet and lifestyle things I told you about because they improve overall outcome and they reduce progression from colonization. So, when you're exposed to the outright illness, so we want to get it by as few as symptoms as possible and maybe even not know you were exposed. So, the next, the natural supplements where, you know, they're based on safety, effectiveness, and validity. I'm going to give you a nice graphic on my website, debford.com. But when you're listening to what I tell you about these, listen to all the times I say anti-inflammatory because that is so key when we're talking the COVID, the the cytokine storm and all that. First of all, I always insist a good multivitamin. I think it's important to have that free of dyes, sugars, fillers, synthetics. Good Earth carries a lot of them. They're going to prevo- prevent even the smallest deficiencies that, you know, wherever you've got the limiting factor, that's where you can have a problem. So you got to have the A, the B, the C, the D, the E, the zinc, the selenium. Also, but this is an aside, but really important, don't take iron if you are not absolutely diagnosed with the iron deficiency. You know, you don't want to take it. It can increase your risk for cardiovascular disease and cancer. It can be really bad for you. When we gave it to all of our seniors, Geritol, we were unknowingly harming them. It literally, excess iron literally causes you to rust. But a multivitamin, you want to have A, you want to at least have 150 micrograms of selenium because that is a mineral most of us are deficient in and it is essential for the immune function It recharges other antioxidants and just boosts the whole body's defenses against bacteria and viruses and even cancer. Next thing I insist on, omega-3. You know, if you don't eat fish three times a week, uh, you need to have it and it is anti-inflammatory. Vitamin D, virtually everybody who doesn't supplement will have inadequate levels. You should get your lab levels tested, should be around 60 one out of every two Americans is likely to have levels below 20. Vitamin D supplementation may be more effective and less costly than the flu shot. Not me saying that. That's a lot of research. To ensure optimal vitamin D Anywhere between two and 5,000 IU, even in apparently healthy people, we know death rates skyrocket from COVID with a low vitamin D level. You know, when we, on the news, we saw that people with excess weight or darker skin were disproportionately getting sicker with COVID. Well, vitamin D is fat-soluble, so it gets stuck in the fat cells. And darker skin people have more melanin and that blocks the UV rays needed for the synthesis of vitamin D. It isn't cultural bias. It isn't anything. It's just a function of darker skin. Ancestors came from closer to the equator. So most everybody, two to 5,000, I use vitamin D. Anti-inflammatory, antiviral, um, reduces the inflammatory cytokines, uh, boosts antimicrobial peptides, all sorts of things. It's like kryptonite to infections. Zinc, women 25 milligram, men 50, men need more because of the prostate. Zinc is essential for the immune system, prevents the virus from attaching and replicating. Zinc deficiency is common really reduces the risk of respiratory infections. And you know you can dose it higher for a few days, but you don't wanna continue for a long period of time because it can upset the balance of other minerals like copper. Vitamin C, 500 to 1,000 milligrams twice a day. I like time release. It just contributes to immune system support. I mean, it's it's been used forever. Vitamin C works in every aspect of killing infectious invaders supplementing, really good for systemic infections. Vitamin C has even been used in ICU to treat COVID infections. Next, you know I have to say it, my favorite herb there, spice, whatever you want to call it, curcumin, especially the enhanced absorption extract. Gosh, what doesn't it do? It really is my favorite. It's anti-inflammatory. It modulates the NLRP3 inflammasome, and it can target COVID viral reproduction. Can't beat it. It's everybody should be taking that every day. Also, it helps aches and pains. Okay, quercetin, 500 milligrams twice a day. Wow, is it ever good? Regulates immune response, reduces inflammation. You can get it from onions, red grapes, honey, citrus fruit. Antiviral, and it promotes viral eradication and inactivation. So it's really good for modulating these cells we have that are called mast cells. So they're anti-fibrotic, but they also help with allergies. Very good. Clinical trial last year that shows it actually helps chelate zinc ions and get them into the cell. So these are what I consider essential. You've got your multivitamin, the diet and lifestyle, of course. You've got your omega-3, extra D, make sure you get your zinc, curcumin, and quercetin. Extra ones you may want to think about, astragalus, elderberry. Uh, Initially, there was a study back from 2002 that said it may increase inflammation. Wrong, that was thrown out and it is thought to be both preventive and supportive. Melatonin, six milligram at bedtime. Really good for being an anti-inflammatory and it also helps you get a good night's sleep. This would be, was, uh, the research was made famous by past President Trump's quick recovery from COVID. Then there's some interesting things on natokinase that I'll put in the graphic. Um, N-acetylcysteine that they're trying to take away from us. It's a glutathione precursor. It is fabulous. Uh, other enzymes like seropeptase or the bromelain enzyme that will digest the protein coat on the virus. L-arginine, really good. Oh, there's so much. I could tell you so much more. Great things is that no matter what comes along, I will be more resilient because of what I do. You will recover faster and your days will be filled with more energy and more enthusiasm if you do these things. Yeah, and be less susceptible to the virus you're exposed to it. So I hope you got some good information that will help you or someone you love. As always, this is going to be posted on my website, debford.com, along with a graphic that outlines all those recommended supplements and the diet and lifestyle tips. Okay. Thanks for listening. And I hope you have a great day and a wonderful, resilient season ahead.